0: It's the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download today using code PHNX and place a $1 football bet and get $150 in free bets. It's just that easy. Here we are. It's episode 15 of the PHNX Coyotes podcast. I'm Leah Merrill with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters as always. But today we are joined by a very special guest, our first in-studio guests, we have ASU Hockey Head Coach Greg Powers with us today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me here, guys. It's, it's awesome to be here and excited to see this new venture take off.
0: Thank you so much.
2: How you feeling? Uh, we're uh, very close to uh, puck drop for game one. How you feeling about this season?
1: I feel great. Um, you know, with we, we, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but, but people don't know that in college hockey, you're very limited... Leading into the first game of the season, with really what you're allowed to do with your guys on the ice from an NCAA rules standpoint. So it's been four hours a week, essentially from the day classes began in mid August. But um, the good thing is, we have a veteran group and they know how we want to play and how we need to play to have success. And I think they're ready to just drop the puck and play against somebody other
2: than themselves. We'll dive into some of those details in a minute. But just big picture here, Greg. Uh, Obviously, it's been written a lot, it's been talked about a lot. Last season at Oceanside, the new arena is online. We just saw the last being put in. Uh, a, a lot of stuff is happening around this program. You and I have talked a lot about building towards something, but does it feel like this season in particular is a springboard to something much bigger?
1: Yeah, it does, and and we need to treat it like it is. Like we have an opportunity with a really old veteran team um, that we believe in, and a schedule with twenty home games that um, we feel like you know, the expectations internally anyway are higher than they've ever been. And the opportunity to do just that springboard into a new season in that new arena, the first season in our new arena and, and, and leave Oceanside with a ton of success, um, is, is a great opportunity and, and we're excited for it.
2: Is it, do you feel like the teams, I mean, I I guess every coach is going to say this, but do you feel like you're ready to kick this off on Saturday against UMass Lowell?
1: We really do. You know, um, we really do. Today, I just came from practice, and it was it was an unbelievable practice. It was really good. The energy is really high. Um, execution and detail were great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, w- when you have a veteran team like we have of kids that have been through it, um, it it's in that player leadership is there, and they understand how important every practice is. We feel good about what we're doing on Saturday.
3: Absolutely. When you look at this team, you were able to bring back guys – Due to the COVID pandemic and the rules in the NCAA, allow those kids to come back for another year. I think you've got four guys coming back, including Johnny Walker, who we'll talk about. Is that is four a large number? Like if you go look around the NCAA, are teams like University of Minnesota or Michigan are they bringing back graduate players as well, or is is it unique to TSU that you have so many guys coming back? I think it's it's different
1: across the board. I mean, so there was not only the fifth year for graduate transfers, but there's also for the first time ever, a one-time transfer rule, where where it used to be, you know, an underclassman could transfer, but they'd have to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. So in one year, kids could transfer ever they want, anywhere they want, and not sit out. And in the same year, everyone was granted a fifth year of eligibility that played last year. So the transfer portal was was crazy, and, mm-hmm. and and kids were jumping ship at a lot of places. Most places they did. And they wanted to go experience something new and and get a little bit of a new start, wherever it may be, whether they were a fifth-year guy or not. Um, And and I think it says a lot about our program that the four kids that came back could have literally gone anywhere they wanted in college. Two of them had pro offers and and, and American League deals that they turned down to come back because they've helped us build our program. They take a tremendous amount of pride in what they've helped us build. And last year – is left a sour taste in our mouth and and they want to go out winning and and, and finish what they started. And you start this weekend. When does the regular season start? So it's it's this weekend. Oh they're, that's yeah, regular season. Yeah. That's not yeah. preseason yeah. games. Yeah. No, they're not preseason oh, you're games. Really? Yeah, they're they we we're getting after it right away. they they count Saturday and Sunday at home against UMass Lowell, Saturday at seven oh five, Sunday at four uh,
3: o'clock, both at Oceanside and um it's we drop the puck and we go so what kind of a schedule are you playing this year I, I know last year you played a predominantly big 10 schedule are, are you interspersed among different leagues different division different conferences
1: yeah it was just a big 10 schedule all on the road last year it was the only way we could play um this now we're back to the independent schedule and and we have 20 home games so most we've ever had we're really excited about that and just to go Saturday and go through a game day routine at home and play in front of our fans and feel that again is going to really feel good. After what we went through last year, we have a really good diverse schedule. Um, Ironically, we don't play any big 10 teams this year after playing only big 10 teams last year, but it's, it's a good schedule, you know, some really good highlights on there. powerhouses like Minnesota state and Quinnipiac and BU and Denver. Um, So good schedule uh, mixed very well.
3: And, Uh, again, more home games than we've ever had. So, and we talked about conferences in the Big Ten last year and you've talked to ECAC and Hockey East. You've kind of followed this progression at ASU where you went from a club team to the NCAA and you played an independent schedule. The next step is going to be try to to grab onto a division is that you know or, or a conference is that something you've looked at or you, you've applied to or how does that process work to get yourself into a, a full yeah you conference? know it, it's it's one of those things it's a hot topic
1: that everybody wants to talk about and has wanted to talk about from day one and and all we heard from day one was well they're not in a league they're not getting into a league they're never going to win you can't make the tournament as an independent and I, it never computed with me I didn't understand why people said that or think that. Um, there are a lot of advantages to the independent schedule. Um, you can pick your schedule one and two. You know, in college hockey, um, it's tough to have to prepare for a brand new opponent every weekend. But that's something we're used to doing. We're used to pre-scouting somebody new every weekend and only playing them one series a season. Where in a league, you 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 get to know teams so well. We experienced that last year. It was just repetition and and and. But everybody has to prepare for us, brand new every weekend, and that's advantage. That's a huge advantage for us. So we we embrace that. Um, all that said, you know the one thing you're missing not being in a league is that conference tournament, mm-hmm. that 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 you know second chance at making an NCAA tournament if your regular season doesn't go well, you know, and then and obviously the single elimination mindset that it gets you into for the NCAA tournament. So um, we love the independent schedule. We've embraced it. We've been successful with it. We are going to get into a league. Um, We're in conversations with two different leagues right now, and they're more advanced now than they've ever been. I think the biggest thing on our checklist was getting the arena done. That's done. We'll be in it next season, and that makes us very attractive to a number of leagues.
2: Craig, did you have to uh, check your notes to remember what a home routine even feels like (laughs) getting into a game? I'll be honest. We've gone through it. We've gone through our home game protocol now
1: three times. Just because even like the freshmen last year, they never went through it. Yeah. So they're, they're freshmen as it pertains to what we do at home and how we prepare and the team meals the night before and <laughs> when we release our lineups and what the dress code is at home as opposed to on the road. All those things our guys didn't experience last year. So it it it's it's a routine that we're going to embrace, but we had to kind of retrain ourselves, even me, you know? So it's
3: been, it's an interesting uh, thought, but, but for sure. And I would think, as I look at the NHL comparison, you look at the the Vegas Golden Knights when they first came into the league. Visiting teams hadn't seen the building, didn't know how to play there. And let's be honest, it's Vegas, yep. right? Vegas I mean, you've got the weather, you've got the distractions, yeah. and let's you get a kid from Houghton, Michigan, yeah. coming down here December, January, going, "Hey, this is pretty nice." Yeah, never seen the building. We get distractions. Does that help your home record? Has it shown up on the score sheet? Well, in our last 30 games, we're 24, four
1: and two. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with, with all those things, the Tempe flu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, kids come out and, and I guarantee you they're sitting out by the pool or doing whatever they do. And, and, and then it's game time and it's a different routine than, than going to wherever they're used to going okay. in their conference. And, um, and then to travel from east to west, it's it's not it's easy. East to west is hard. I mean, it, it messes with your body clock. I and mean, even when I go back and east recruit and come back, it takes me two days to kind of readjust. The three-hour time change right now of we're playing UMass Lowell at 10 p.m. their time on Saturday night, yeah, that's an advantage for us.
3: Any right. way you slice it. So yeah. there's a lot of things working on our way. You talk about your recruiting. And so you look at your roster, you are literally all over North America. So – for you and your coaching staff, what's that process is you're around. Is it like, are you putting on all these miles? Like how do you go about putting a patchwork team like this together from everywhere?
1: It, well, we're an attractive option for kids that, that I mean we were recruiting really well. We had the third ranked recruiting class this year, freshman class in the country. Um, the, the, the arena I think helps with that a lot cause they knew they were going to play in it. Um, but we just want the right kid, the right kid that doesn't, we don't care where they're from. Um, we, we knew we had to cast a wide net to build this thing and be competitive right away. And, uh, we did build it with a lot of Western Canadians to start. We were really focused on Western Canada and, um, and now we're having a lot of success in Chicago and Detroit. Um, and, and once the gospel spreads and kids talk to other kids and, and you treat your players the right way, they're your best recruiters, you know, and, and, and we're very proud again of the fact that, we were a program that not one senior wanted to go play somewhere else. They wanted to come back, you know, and, and we had graduate transfers, the captain from Michigan, who's a Boston draft pick, wanted to come here and he's here now. Um, Colin Tyson was offered to be the captain and go back for a fifth year at Notre Dame. And he's like, Nope, going to ASU. Um, so those things, you know, when you treat your guys the right way and it becomes kind of a, you know, a thing amongst players where they know they're going to come here and get a great experience, it, it, it takes a life
2: of its own and recruiting is just going to get better every year for us. How do we, we talked a little bit about this. We had that great story of you and Alex Hicks driving through the, th- through a blizzard. I think yeah. the <laughs> thing was Alex driving. Actually, He was driving. <laughs> Unfortunately
1: like he that. was driving. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. But you, ha- you must have a lot of stories like that. How, how has recruiting changed over the years from where you're, you're trying to sell something brand new that people really don't know anything about to now you have some sort of track record.
1: Yeah. It's, it's way different. And we, Mike and I were just at the USHL fall classic in Pittsburgh last, last week we were there Wednesday through Sunday and going to those events where every school was at, at the very beginning, you kind of feel like you're at the back of the line, you know, and, and you're mm. new and you're building something. And ASU for, you know, three or four years was almost an urban legend to kids. Like that's really cool that they have a team, but are they going to be good? What kind of commitment are they going to make to the sport? Does the coaching staff know what they're doing. Can I go there and win? All those questions have been answered, and you can feel now when you go to an event like that, the momentum and and, and the shift. You know, and and we're we're a very highly sought after place for kids to come play now, um,
2: and it's showing. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because I know we, you're really excited about this class that's coming in. Everybody knows. Josh Doan's coming we can talk about that a little bit but there are other pieces to that recruiting class as well and you've talked about just how the talent level has taken a a major uptick.
1: Yeah, I mean it's top to bottom all five of these kids can help us right away and they will. Um, you know, Donor is, you know, his his hockey IQ is off the charts, you know, he's he's he, you know, for fans that that are excited to see him play. He doesn't play like his dad. You know, he, he he's he's not a bull in a china shop and and that kind of guy like Shane was just physically just so good and just powerful and and kind of willed his way to success where josh is a kid that grew up he was a late bloomer physically was always undersized always weak so he had to develop a brain for the game and he's done that and now his body's catching up he still has a ways to go but he's a playmaker he just plays with his eyes up and and sees the ice and makes plays and is really good in tight areas and he's going to contribute right away and and we're going to throw him right into the fire to, mm. to, to see that he does and um, another freshman we we're really excited about up front is a kid Jack Jensen he's from Eden Prairie Minnesota he was originally committed to Minnesota back when Don Lucia was the coach mm. and um, just decided to make a change and didn't fit in with their style he's a big strong power forward um, and we think he's going to play in the NHL like, he's really good he's big he's fast he's got a uh, just a, a skill set on him that you don't see with kids his size um he was at 19 points in 15 games last year in omaha in the ushl then he got a blood clot in his leg and sat out the rest of the year and we're thrilled he's here and we expect big things out of him and he's going to be good for us right away and then jackson niedermeyer scott's son um skates like a niedermeyer you know but he's big <laughs> and heavy and and tough but he's coming off for surgery in the off season, so he's kind of getting his way finding his way back into shape but um um he's close and and I think he's gonna have an impact before the year's up. And then Ty Murchison's a Philadelphia draft pick. Yeah. Um he's gonna play right away. Came from the N T D P. He's our fourth program player that, that played for the N T D P in our program. And and Ty will make an impact for us right away. He's a big, strong kind of you know, mean D, I think that has more to offer than what he was able to show. At the NTDP, they're just so deep and so rich in talent that once you get kind of slotted as that five-six, it's just what you are to them, right? And and in their defense, they just have so much talent and skill in yeah. waves that he was never really given an opportunity to show what he could do. He's a skilled kid. He played roller hockey growing up and right. has a skill set that we're excited for him to show. And then Ethan Schmaggie's a D that is is a really strong kind of two hundred foot, you know, stay-at-home guy, um, puck mover. Was committed to
2: michigan um and uh he's gonna be in he'll be in the lineup saturday too do you find you're just getting into you know the the way they say it in recruiting do you find that you're getting into living rooms that you didn't get into oh yeah there's no doubt there's no doubt we're we're in on
1: kids right now and obviously we can't talk specific about we're in on kids that you know we're, we're every kid we're now getting we're battling it out with you know perennial top five blue blood programs yeah
2: one more from me, I'll let you guys take over, but uh, when, you, when you, uh, you see the direction that recruiting is going and you're getting better and better players, how did you balance you know, wanting to get all these graduate students in, you know, keep some guys, take others in, how do you balance that with maybe giving an opportunity to a recruit?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, that's what I think in today's landscape, you have to add retention to a part of your recruiting plan. Because kids, can, if they're not happy, they can just leave now and go play anywhere they want. Yeah. So it's it's, it's it's not only about continuing to go and evaluate talent and bring in young talent that you can develop, but you have to figure out a way to retain your own players. And the way I look at it is, is we're going to take advantage of the landscape. We're an attractive program and climate and campus to come play for. So we're going to take care of our own and make sure that nobody wants to leave us, which we've done. And treat everybody so well that while they're here, that kids at other programs that aren't happy, if they're a good fit, once we find out, they're going to want to come here because they know the way we do things. So, you know, talent evaluation and bringing in new freshmen and keeping class balance and all that stuff is important. Um, But the the, the wrinkle that coaches, I think, really have to focus on now is is
2: player retention. Did you worry at all about blocking the path of some recruits by having so many graduate students or was loyalty more important to you?
1: No, it it was for me, this, I think this past year, bringing in five transfers, Mm -hmm. the the strategy behind it was we have those four kids coming back and, and they made the decision to come back so they could win in their last year and, and didn't go anywhere else and could have, and I owed it to them to beef up our roster and get as much talent and as much experience on it as I could. And, and that was my promise to him, hey, you guys come back, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. We're going to bring in kids and fix what deficiencies we thought we had last year. And that was the nice thing about last year is we found out where we were deficient, playing such a tough road schedule and, and no days off. Um, and, and we think we addressed those. The back end was the biggest deficiency
3: we had. We brought in four new D and and I think they're going to get it done with that one one-time transfer. And, and I'm sorry, I didn't know that that was that's ongoing. That's a yeah, new rule, it's and permanent. So yeah. kids, they're not happy wherever they played this year. They could go one they time put
1: themselves into a portal, and essentially it's a waiver wire. And, and as soon as they're in that portal, you can, call you can start recruiting. Free them. Game. Yeah.
3: So does that expand your recruiting role now? I mean, it's almost like having pro scouts at the NHL level looking at other. Programs going. Gosh, this kid's only well, playing once I mean, every two weeks, or
1: yes and no. I mean, obviously, you can't you can't meddle, you can't sure. tamper or anything like that. But once a kid's in, I mean, you got to know the landscape, and right. and if a kid goes in the portal that that is attractive, I mean, teams are all over it, right? So it's it's he gets called nonstop, and um, but it's changed the landscape of, of how teams <laughs> are going to build their rosters. There's no doubt. I mean, we looking at it ahead. I mean, we have a depth chart, you know, four years out. And, and we built room in every year for portal kids, you know, because we may need a big, heavy power forward that's going to go on our, our third line. You know, you just never know, you know, so, um, and, and, it, it doesn't matter what anybody says. If you can go get a kid that's played four years of college hockey, especially for a really successful program and has had a role, a, a role with that pro they're going to be better than any freshman. Yeah, it's just how it works. How, how do coaches
2: and, feel about it though? Do, do, they, do they like the fact that this is. The way the landscape some is some love now. it,
1: some don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously we like it because we're benefiting from it. Yeah, um, is it good for small programs? No, it's not. And and we do things the right way, and and hopefully programs won't and don't tamper. But I know that there's smaller programs, coaches that are fearful that you know they're going to bring in a uh, maybe an under the radar kid that's going to light it up for them and and be kind of treated like a minor league, and then the kid's going to say, all right, I'm going to this small school out east. I'm going to put myself in the portal and hope of blue blood gives me a call and they likely will. So it's
3: it's a slippery slope, you know, it really is. <laughs> yeah, it's the haves and the have-nots I again. Mean, yeah. And then you've seen that throughout college hockey for decades, yep. you know, it's the smaller schools have a difficult time recruiting. And now we talked about Houghton, Michigan. If you get a kid to go to Houghton, Michigan, it's, it's a tough place to recruit to, but you yep. get him to play and now he has a great year and he's gone. Boy, yeah. that that's that's tough. Yeah, that's so tough. it's all it, – that's
1: why, I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, as a coach, you have to have a, a really – Fo- like you'd be really focused on player retention. Like, so no matter where you're at, you got to take care of the guys that are there and and build relationships with them where they don't think about leaving. And, and I know it's easier said than done, but, 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 you know, it's certainly our focus. We don't want to lose a guy to North Dakota. We don't want to lose a guy to Michigan. And we could have, like those four kids, Johnny Walker could have gone anywhere he wanted. Yeah. I mean, he's a leading goal scorer in college hockey. Um, and he didn't think twice about it. He didn't even think twice about it.
2: With him in particular, I, don't, I mean, he's got such a great story anyway. A local kid, as he said, I can't even remember when I came here anymore. Maybe it was like <laughs> nine, ten years ago. But how nice is it to have Johnny Walker with the program for one more
1: season? Yeah, I mean, he's a face of our program, yeah. you know, and, and he's just a lovable kid. And he had a rough go last year, hurt in the first game, and then it just really decimated a season. He was never the same. Johnny was was he played in those last whatever he, thirteen games. Um, and he was maybe sixty percent. He was still a point per game in the Big Ten on the road at sixty percent, out of shape. Like he, the kid can score. Yeah, you know. So we're excited for him to to get back out there healthy,
2: and, and he's he's ready to get after it. All those kids had injuries. I mean, the, those four kids that we're talking about, oh they yeah, helped, dealt with yep. something last year. They did. it was there. They couldn't. We, we we
1: couldn't stay healthy, and then between that and COVID protocols and contact tracing and mono,
3: and <laughs> that's right. It was a crazy year. Yeah. But no. I think that's another platform that this hopefully brings to Coyote fans that are that are true hockey fans. Like, okay, Coyotes are great. They don't play for another month. Um, they may have a difficult season ahead for them. This is like just down the road, and you can go see, one, really good hockey, a team that has a chance to win every night. You get players that are going to be prospects in pro hockey down the road and get that college hockey atmosphere, which is much – NHL's great. I mean, we're not diminishing that, but college hockey atmosphere is just different than the NHL. You might see Shane Doan hiding somewhere in the stands, yeah, too. Yeah, so. I would imagine and, he'll and be there. watching so,
0: Coyotes prospect. Scott Dietermeyer. We've
1: had some, <laughs> some great NHLers in that building over the last few years, but watching their sons play. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right, Steve. I mean, it. it um, we're, we're a great ticket you know, and in a fun place to watch. Oceanside's not the Taj Mahal, Bring a coat. but you're right on top of the ice. Bring <laughs> five coats. And you can you can really <laughs> you hear it. You're part of it. Experience how fast the game is and how good these kids are and how passionate they are, and and so it's it's a it's fun. You know, and then and the college hockey effect that this new arena is going to have on the community mm. and our campus is going to be amazing. You know, we'll pack it. I mean, we expect to get five thousand a night.
0: I, I honestly believe that's possible. So much more to dive into, but before we do, I just want to remind everybody that our show today is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um, and it, sports betting is live in Arizona. If you sign up for... the DraftKings Sportsbook app using promo code PHNX. You will get a can't-miss offer. Um, You'll receive $150 in free bets instantly when you bet just $1 on any football games, college or NFL, um, this week, no matter what. And also, there's a promotion going on right now where if you do a same-game parlay and it doesn't hit, DraftKings will credit you back up to $25 if your bet loses. So be sure to take advantage of all the great offers that DraftKings has right now. You don't want to miss it reminder that's the promo code phnx when you sign up and it's super easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience as well that's 21 and over arizona only gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details
2: yeah mouthful we we gotta we gotta get back to the arena um I know we talk about it all the time, but I mean, I keep driving past it. I'm just covering the team. I can't, I can't imagine what it feels like for you as a coach, the guy who's (laughs) built this thing from ground zero, just to see that taking shape and know what it means for the future of this program.
1: It's always just been a pipe dream. You know I mean? We, we, Mm. it was one of those things that we knew from day one, when we elevated to division one status, that a solution had to present itself at some point. We couldn't sustain a program out of Oceanside forever, yeah. um, and it's taken way longer than we expected. It's not easy to get done in this town, um, but we're there, you know. And 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 it's always just been this vision that that we've all had. And me personally, you just had to keep plugging away, hoping that that somehow, some way, we were going to get it done. And and we did. We have great people at ASU that found a way. And um and being there yesterday and and the the topping off ceremony, we couldn't do a groundbreaking ceremony because of covid so they put the last steel beam in we called it a topping off ceremony it was really cool i mean you're in the arena you know on what's going to be center ice all the precast is in so you can see the seating the roof's pretty much done the arena is ready to be shelled i mean there's going to be it's going to be a a building Hmm. within weeks and then they build out the inside but you can walk in now and and see the taped off where the locker room is where the lounge is where the dry area is where the hot and tub hot and cold tub is where your office is going to be. And it's, it's surreal. I mean, it, it really is going to be going from the outhouse <clears throat> to the penthouse.
2: I was lucky enough to do that virtual tour with you of the arena way back when, whenever it was in the heat of the summer. And, and you led me through that obviously, cause I had no idea what I was doing with the hood on, <laughs> but I know you were involved in this in, in every step of it. I, I know you had a lot of details that you wanted to see. Can you walk us through some of that and just how exciting and cool it was to be a part of designing it
1: yeah and it was awesome i mean it, it we want to make it a really unique experience for for every sports fan in, in phoenix and like i said bring a, a, a really uh an attraction that this this market's never had a real college hockey venue and that's what it's going to be it's five thousand seats it's intimate entire upper level is is obviously luxury boxes and there's a there's a party deck where you can do standing room only up top. Uh, we actually have, and, and the renderings are going to come out soon, change the lower two corners and not in the student section, but on the opposite side of the ice, uh, glass level bunker suites. Mm. So it's oh. going to be unique. You don't see a lot of that in hockey at all. No. You're starting to see it in football stadiums and basketball arenas, but literal glass level bunker suites in the corners that, that are going to see 12 people. Um, so, you know, you're going to watch a game on TV and be like, wow, I've never seen that before, you know? And, and so, you know, and then the club area is going to be amazing. It's the the center three sections and then, and then it's going to be a VIP concourse area up above the club with, um, upgraded food and beverage options and stuff like that. So there, there's going to be a lot of revenue generated opportunity in the venue. And, and then from a facility
2: standpoint, hockey side, it's going to be second to none. Yeah. The locker room, uh, by the way they put the logo the pitchfork logo so on the ceiling rather than on the floor don't step like on it. To, yeah know. like nhl you teams go step they, somewhere. players lose their well, minds when yeah, you step on it
1: don't worry about it now <laughs> you know it's, it's <laughs> such a pain. so thank in the butt.
2: you for yeah. that uh, yep. but what what was important when you were designing the the team spaces what was
1: important to you just you know, to get the input of the people that are going to work in it every day you know and and i mean no offense to architects but they don't work in it they don't they don't live in the 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 facility and so the people that designed ours were great and open-minded, and we went back and forth. Our equipment guy, our trainer, our strength and conditioning coach, myself. So we had a, all the input on how this flowed when the players walked in, how it made sense when they walked in, where the dry area was in relation to the room, where the laundry goes to make it easier on our equipment guy, stuff like that. Um, it, it's just going to flow really well. Has everything and then some that we're going to need and. Like I said, it's it's literally going to be an outhouse to penthouse scenario. Go ahead.
3: No, I'm just going to. We, we talked about how how this was, is really truthfully a Greg Power, to his vision. Yeah. And when you talk about this program, like it's all you. Like you, I, I don't want to overstate it, but <laughs> but no, seriously. Like, how does this ASU hockey go from an Ache club team where you were a goalie for four years? How does it go from that? to where it is today. And your path, tell us what your path is going from, like, how do you go from an ACHA goalie to now you're a head coach in the NCAA? Like, how does that path
1: happen? It's a, it's a unique one and unconventional, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) I never thought, I never thought I'd be a coach for a living. I never thought I would be one. I never wanted to be one. Um, grew up playing my whole life, obviously, and, and, and went to ASU and had a good club career and, and then got out of hockey completely and got into the corporate world and, and got pulled back in as volunteer assistant for two years um, and then got roped into being the head coach, having no clue what to do um, <laughs> and uh, and ended up having a lot of success. I think our record in my five years at the club level was 169 and 23, Jeez. you know, and so we won a lot of games, we won a national championship. We beat Penn State's division one team and we went to three straight final fours. So we had so much success. It impressed the right people. Um, Thirty-two million dollars presented itself to elevate the, to yeah. division one status, and I was very fortunate that we had an athletic director that understood passion trumps logic. Right, right. And the logical thing to do and what most ADs would have done was say, "Hey, thank you. Here's your lifetime season tickets. See ya." Yeah, you know. But he 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 understood that we needed somebody through our infant stages, to, to, to truly be in it for the right reasons and playing out of Oceanside and somebody that, that cared about the pitchfork and had passion for the program. Um, and I was lucky that, that Ray saw that and and didn't entertain hiring a, a guy with NHL background because, you know, a high-level guy would have come in and been really frustrated with a lot of the obstacles that we faced the first four to five years. And so um, he gave me a chance, and, and that's all I can ask for. And I told him, I said, don't hire me if you think I'm the right guy. Hire me if you think I'm the only guy. And and it took him a couple weeks, and and here we are.
3: So you've seen this program grow. Yep. And you've seen it from club hockey to where it is in the NCAA. Do you envision a time when another Pac-12 or a Western school, like you're mm-hmm. playing USC or UCLA, or Leah's alma mater, U of A down the street? <laughs> I mean, I'm just envisioning that rivalry, picking up again what you had in club, at the NCAA level do you see these programs having that desire or any of these programs coming forward to create a rivalry i think there's interest
1: there's interest and intrigue and i think what what the what it's going to take the, the domino i i have always said that that it's going to take is us getting into that new building and we project to be a major revenue sport and 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 put a lot to our bottom line from an athletic department standpoint we're going to make money and there's not a lot of college sports that actually make money so when a stanford or usc or ucla or washington or colorado whatever sees wait a minute like asu's making x millions of dollars a year in college hockey why can't we do it hmm. you know and i think that's what it's going to take It's like, when they they know it's not just going to be a cost center and that you're going to you know college hockey is going to make them money i think it'll grow Great. and how we're going to be able to prove that in a year how did you teach yourself how to coach <laughs> uh, you know that's a good question um you have a lot of good i grew up playing for an unbelievable guy i played on a great team growing up in indianapolis and, and we were incredible I mean, seven kids played division one a guy by the name of hugh harris played in the wha um for the racers Played in the nhl for the buffalo Sabres. He still lives there he's out here in, in the winter and comes to games um but uh had just surrounded myself with really good hockey people growing up and um just little stuff like even like Cliff Fletcher lives here locally in the off season. And, and I talk to Cliff guys like that all the time, Barry Smith um, just have to be open to learning and, and listening and, and, uh, and, and, and look, I've learned a lot over the course of even the division one era. I'm a way better coach today than I was seven years ago and, and plan on being even better seven years from now. So you just, you know, there's
2: it, so much you can do to learn and the best coaches are the best thieves. That's what I've learned most. <laughs> Speaking of people you have around you, good hockey people, you, you've got some on your, your yep. staff. Um, I, I know Alex Hicks. He's, he's around the Coyotes. I've seen him around that arena a, a bit. Uh, I got to know Mike Fields well and, and Eddie Lack is a personality. Yeah. Um, let me just start by asking, uh, how did you how did you decide to assemble the staff and what was important to you? I think the thing that's different about, you know, college
1: athletics, the head coach truly is a CEO. It's not just a coach, right? Yeah. So there's so much more to my job than just Xs and Os. So knowing that and knowing that I didn't have a pro background and knowing that you want to bring kids in that want to go to the NHL, I had to go get somebody that that's been there. Mm-hmm. And 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 Alex's story is incredible. He yeah. played Division 3 hockey at wisconsin Claire. He's maybe the best Division three player of all time. You could argue that. And so he he played division three hockey and found a way to the NHL. He knows what it takes. He's been there. Nothing was given to him. So when you can sit him down in front of a, a parent or a player and 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 tell his story and let him tell his story of of this is this is what it takes and this is how I got there and this is how I'm gonna help you get there, it's really powerful. So um and then Mike on the player development side or player evaluation side was was as good as it gets and and was the director of scouting in Dubuque in the USHL. So he had his thumbs on everybody and knows the talent pool better than anybody. And as the CEO, you just have to hire people around you that are better at something than you. Yeah. It's like a CEO of a Fortune 500 company doesn't hire a CFO that that can't manage the company's finance better than him. You know, what I mean, he's got to hire somebody that knows more about it than him. Yeah, and and it's okay to learn from people around you and, and admit that maybe Palik Six knows how to run a power play better than me. Play in the NHL, yeah. right? I was a goalie, so it's okay <laughs> to admit that. You yeah. know, and you got to yeah. let people do their jobs. You can't. You got to. It's just managing people, putting them in positions in your organization to make your organization successful.
2: Speaking of free spirits, I know he's a volunteer coach, but how did you bring Eddie Lack uh, aboard? Um? you know, maybe yeah. help that you were a goalie. I don't know. Yeah. You guys could communicate.
1: I don't, I don't go near the goalies. Um, <laughs> and Eddie, Eddie's awesome. Eddie, Eddie retired here and, yeah. and hooked up with our equipment guy, John Lofner, And he, he skated at Oceanside when he was still grinding out the end of his career. And then he had his hip issue and, and retired and decided to call Arizona home. And, and then he, uh, he reached out and said, Hey, I want to stay in the game." and he knew that goalie coaches at our level generally are volunteers and, um, he didn't need a paycheck. And so we got him through and he's never looked back. He's committed. He's, he's there every morning working with the guys. They love him. He communicates incredibly well with our, our goalies and, and they, they, they love working with him. and he's just awesome.
2: So if we could just get Eddie to stop cheating at golf, we'd be, be let's <laughs> that's where I was going. That's my yeah. segue. You've You've said all these nice things about these guys. Now give us the dirt on these guys.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, there's not too much dirt. They're all unbelievable guys, and and have had a huge hand in and growing our program and building it with me. But they're they're great, you know. And it's it's like I tell anybody that asks. Like now you get coaches. Hey, how'd you build your staff? What's important to you when building your staff? Those types of things. And the simple answer is, I'll never hire anybody I don't want to have a beer with. You know, and because and we spend too much time together not to enjoy our time together. <laughs> so I don't I don't want it to ever make it feel like they work for me. They work with me. And, and I know that's cliche, but they genuinely feel that way. We all have a, a,
3: a vested interest in our program and we all love having beers together. One of the things that amazes me is your roots here with the club team as a player that now that You're an NCAA program. There still is a presence for that club hockey on campus. It didn't go away. Mm. How is your involvement with that, or how are they still involved with the campus? Like that's impressive to me that that they're able to have these kids that still want to play. There's a lot of kids that want to play hockey that still get the opportunity to play for ASU, even though they're not playing for the NCAA
1: team. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about before we went on air. Like the ACHA is a good level hockey, and it's actually the largest body hockey that falls under the USA hockey umbrella. So over 300 ACHA programs. So in NCAA, there's 61 programs. That's it. So there's not enough stalls for how many good players there are. Hmm. There's no division two and there's limited division three where in basketball, you have 300 plus division one programs, division two and division three football, 111 division one programs, division two, division three hockey, 61, zero division two, only division three. So, so many good players are left with nowhere to play. There's not enough stalls. And so the ACHA is a great option for kids that want to get that big school experience and and go to a major school, get a degree from major school and continue to play the game they love while they're getting that degree. And and ASU has always had a, a strong program. Um, my last year running the club program, we had 180 kids try out for, for for our wow. division one team. How do you and we, even manage that? We had a division two team, a division <laughs> three team, a prospect team now there's still three men's club teams, a one, two, and three, and there's a women's team. So there's four club teams on campus in addition to our NCAA team. Um, and and Division one institutions in the country, nobody has more hockey teams on its campus than ASU. That's insane That's to awesome. me. That's crazy. Is that insane I love though? that. Stat. Like really, you
3: talk about these big hockey yeah cities and states, and ASU has the largest participation. That's unreal. Yeah. Now. With the new building, do all of those people get to participate in the building? Or we
1: here? want them to come with us. Absolutely. We want them to come with us. And and I mean, I think, you know, those kids to be able to plan an on-campus facility, they're That's excited fantastic. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to me. You, know, you can't forget where you came from and
2: anything we can do to help them continue to grow and, and be competitive, we're going to do. Having said that, did you ever, you know, in spite of all the, the steps that you've tried to take along the way, did you ever allow yourself to dream this big? Honestly,
1: no. Like, yeah. I mean, I, there was always this pipe dream of one day ASU is going to have an NCAA program. And when they do, it's going to be a powerhouse. Did I ever think I would be the head coach? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, you know, it, it – it, no. You know, it, and, and people ask what was the blueprint. The blueprint was just focus on what's in front of you. And so when I decided, okay, I'm going to take this crazy idea of being a head coach at the ACHA level on – it was just become the best ACHA program in the country. And we did, we did. We, if you played us essentially you lost. Um, and it's led to this and, Sorry.
2: um, and here we are. Two more things for you. We'll let you go. Um, you did have a little bit of a blueprint when you could look at programs like Penn state, but in many ways, this, there was no blueprint for what you were doing down here. Was there? No, there, there wasn't. It was just focus on what's in front of you and, yeah.
1: and, and be the best and at what you can control, you know, and, and it sounds cliche, but that's how we, we've gotten to where we're at. Um, and again, there's a lot of luck along the way, a lot of things that fell our way and having the right AD in place at the right time that, that looked at adding sports as a solution where so many ADs are looking at getting rid of sports as their solution. Ray's added hockey, men's uh, tennis, women's lacrosse, women's triathlon. He's added four sports in his tenure. Mm-hmm. And in a time where everybody else is going out, ah, we got to cut this, cut this, cut this. Um, so there's been a lot of things that have just worked our way. And generally when you do things the right way and you treat people the right way, this is what happens.
2: All right, last question for you with the season starting on Saturday. Expectations. What are you looking for for your team?
1: They're higher than ever. We expect to win. We expect to win. And every night we take the ice. And... and um I mean, we expect to be back in the NCAA tournament and get further than we've ever been. And I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, and the best way to go about it is exactly how we've achieved this success is just one at a time as an independent. You have to just collect wins, you know, and, and get it to the point where you can position yourself as a, as a high seed and, and see where it goes. But we, we truly believe that we have a team that, that can do it um, and the experience and the depth and the size and, we're back to our identity of being a
2: strong, heavy, old pain in the ass team to play against. <laughs> and that's what you're going to see on Saturday. Greg Kent, thank you enough for doing this today. I hope we get to do this again.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Um, before before we wrap up, two things. One, we have a quick question in the chat. I just want to make sure we answer. Jacob, if you can, yeah, you
2: can throw
0: that. it up there.
2: anybody so it- wants to know if you guys radio stream any of the games.
1: I don't know. You know what? I don't think they do radio stream it. Um, but but the the home games are all streamed for free on on PAC, the Pac twelve channel. So the Pac twelve, it, you can video stream them for free, Perfect. Oh, that's awesome. or you can turn the video off and just listen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Essentially
0: radio. Yeah. 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 And also, someone on Twitter said, "Can Coach Powers put Stephen Craig through conditioning drills and film that?" So. No.
2: No, yeah, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> this is <laughs> it right yeah. here. Yeah. A- I maybe. could even, I could even do the virtual shooting pucks. So. <laughs> no, you expect me to <laughs> oh get on the ice? I mean, that well, maybe
0: that might be some content <laughs> that we film and we yeah. can yeah. put it behind the oh, paywall absolutely. on GoPHNX.com. Okay, I'll, see Craig
3: Morgan and Pat, I no. really out. and also like, I might. I did pay pay we didn't even acknowledge
0: this that all three of you. Our former goalies and i I, I feel like I'm subject to compensation for (laughs) that. I don't
3: (laughs) know if the union allows that. The goalie union, three goalies in the room. No, it doesn't. That's a lot of brain power and oh, you, man. Need you get psychiatric
0: I, I know yeah, I that know. Too, you know. Well, well, <laughs> if we do film that, it will be on gophnx.com, which of course you can access all the great stories, all the great content on gophnx.com if you sign up for a membership, um, an annual membership gets you a free shirt and access to everything as well as the members only discord. Um, if you want to do month to month, your first month You can try it out for 50 cents. There's a ton of great shirts in the PHNX locker. Um, You don't have to be a member to buy the shirts either. Um, And just be sure you're following us along on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes and then everywhere else at PHNX underscore Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit that bell. Get notifications. What am I forgetting?
2: We got the Sun Devil channel too, so.
0: Yes, yes, and we. Ha- oh yes, oh, the Sun Devil oh, shirt beautiful. did it's drop inspired, today, yeah. and nice. so did a U of A shirt. I have to.
3: You yeah, know, you're all a lot. It you, you had to there. throw that in there, yeah. didn't you? yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but
0: yeah, so we, you know, Craig does a lot of ASU hockey coverage. But if you want more ASU coverage, we have a whole beat for that as well. They do a show themselves five days a week, so don't. Miss that. Um, a lot of great stuff going on here, Greg, thanks so much. We could have had you for I know. two more hours. I hope you Anytime. come back and join Anytime. us again and good luck. luck this weekend and Thank your you. opening weekend. Thanks Thank so much. Appreciate and it. Thanks so much for tuning in.